2: tuning into the metal forge i am mark jackson and i'm your host the premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music if you want to contact me hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com and now let's get this show on the road Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I'm Mark Jackson, and I'm your host. This week, we're headed to the cemetery to listen to some awesome Indiana Black Thrash Metal with Grave Ripper. You know, they formed here in Indiana in 2018. Uh, they worship some German Thrash, as well as some uh, early Norwegian Black Metal. So, I think you're really going to like these guys. They're getting ready to come out with a new EP called Radiated Remains. Super fucking awesome. So, I've got Corey on the line. We're going to check in with him in here in just a minute, but... Last week's question on the Metal Forge. It had a great turnout on this. It was, where was the farthest you have traveled to see a band, and who was it? And the uh, touring musicians were disqualified. But yes, let me start off with a wow. This has been the most received question of the lot so far. There were so many replies. I can't necessarily say them all, because there were so many of them we'd be sitting here for like 10 minutes. So, to the people who have had your, show, your replies on the show before... I'm gonna kinda skip over you guys this week. Sorry. I love you guys, but sorry. I wanna get some new people in here. So thank you all. Keep sending in those answers for sure. Sean Flannery from the band Rifle. They're not a touring band, but they're awesome fucking cats, as as you all know in the archives, you've heard them on here before. Said Black Sabbath in Dayton. And you know what? I was at that show. That was so fucking rad because it was Black Sabbath, Pantera, and the Deftones. And it was the uh, Irving J. Nutter Center in Dayton. It was February of 1999. It was just on the reunion tour. It was so fucking rad. So yeah, that's one of mine as well. Uh, Hellwolf, a black knife, says he drove six hours to see Blind Guardian. Six hours is a long fucking time. Uh, If you know who Vomit... Follow them on Instagram and Facebook. They're the uh, clothing line. Flew from Florida to New York to see Romstein. That's a fucking hell of a haul. Uh, Jason Kroll. He's back, and I do want to mention his because that's fucking rad. Because he actually flew from Indiana to San Francisco to see fucking Metallica on sm 2 here a couple of years ago. That is fucking rad. And I would have loved to have went to that show. And I think he went to both nights if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, just super fucking awesome. Maxwell Jeffries from Underking says that he went from England to the Netherlands to see Ghost. I'm assuming that was the show he was talking about before. Somebody, uh, Oh, uh, Stumpy Elombre, Jared, uh, super rad dude, uh, went to Ireland to see of Marth* with Children of Bodom. And he's from Kentucky, by the way. So, holy shit. He went to Ireland. Another over-the-seas kind of fucking deal. I couldn't imagine actually being able to do that because I've never really left the country. So, I really would like to do that. Uh, Jerry Barksdale had a 10-hour drive to see uh, uh, Arcturus. Super fucking rad. Uh, Wow. Uh, Chris Leffler, if you're familiar with the band Fatal Step or Assisting Sorrow from back in the day, he actually drove from Louisville to Jersey, which is about 850 or so miles, to see Iron Maiden. So, this week's question is, what band did you first get into when you started listening to music on your own? What was the band that, like, you noticed first? Yeah, shoot that to me. Obviously, I'm going to make the post online. Comment on there. Tell me who it was, and I'll get them right on the air next week. Make sure you guys are clicking the links to the bands below, the official websites, the Bandcamp pages, the YouTube pages, the Spotify playlists. Without being able to play shows, this is the only way these guys can make any kind of money. So please, click those links, show your support, and help these people out. Because they are the ones that need it the most. Also, thank you to the sponsors, Moms Music, Maxwell's House of Music. Go get your gear from those places. Check out Burt, Bobby, Brooks, Howard, and Mike uh, at both of the stores. Click the links, MomsMusic.com, Maxwell's House of Music.com. I also want to say, anywhere you can get this podcast, you can get the Wrestling Steve Show, the It's Gonna Get Weird podcast, and... The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. So please, after you're done listening to this show, listen to these people as well. They have great content. Super fucking rad people. Check them out. Also, Better Days Records. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area or, you know, you can click below. They have a Discogs page for some really cool rare shit you can find. So check out Better Days Records. All right, so let's get into this. This comes from complete blinding darkness from Grave Ripper. And some people out there need this. This is a swift kick in the teeth. Metalheads, I'm being joined on the line right now from Indianapolis, Indiana with Corey Parks from Grave Ripper. Corey, how are you, man? Doing good, man. How are you? Dude, I am fucking fantabulous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right on, man. Good to hear it, Mark. Right on, dude.
2: Definitely. So, you have... Just here last week, debuted a new song from Radiated Remains, the new EP coming out that was actually featured in Decibel. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. They premiered it through Decibel. That's super fucking rad, dude. It's like, how do you, you know? We're all from like, you know, we're from Indiana, both of us are. Yeah. And we are. there's been some bands over the last few years that from here that have been fucking elevated, right? And how do you go about getting a debut from Decibel?
0: Uh, really, uh, uh, the president, uh, I guess, the owner of our label, the guy who runs that, Sean. He's from Decibel. Uh, that was his primary job. Was a uh, uh, he worked for Decibel. So when he started the label, um, he just you know knows knows the right people, and just it was easy as that.
2: Dude, that's super fucking cool.
0: Yeah, man, I never imagined that it would be. You know, I would
2: see my band's name on a publication like that. So, yeah easy as that. Dude, that is awesome. And we're talking about Wise Blood records here, right? Yeah, Wise Blood. Yep. Dude, that's so rad. Before we get into anything new, we're going to pick it back up here in a second, but tell everybody out in Metal Forge Land about Grave Ripper.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. So, uh, Grave Ripper is uh, my band. We play uh, primarily thrash metal with black metal influence, but... Um, we're kind of different from your typical Black Thrash that you think of right now. There's a, there's a big movement, I think, going on in metal where you got the Black Thrash punk thing where, uh, kind of spearheaded by Athenar and Midnight. Um, you've got bands like Bewitcher and, uh, Black Knife from Kentucky and Wraith from Indiana also who are doing the Black Thrash thing. Um,
2: absolutely. They've, they've all been on here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. I, yep, I was going through your uh, your list here, and they're all there. Um, the I think the difference with that style of black thrash versus what our black thrash is um, ours falls. We don't do as much uh, of the punk influence. Um, I joke around saying that sometimes our music isn't as much fun and it's more serious, <laughs> um, but uh, that's really what it is. Um, so I think our thrash metal is more classic thrash, like a lot of influence from. The early stuff, a little bit from the States, but a lot of it was from, like, the early South American stuff, like um, First View, Temple Tower Records, early Creator stuff, the early Sodom stuff. But I've always been a huge fan of the early Norwegian black metal vibe in that atmosphere, so I kind of do a crisscross of playing thrash metal riffs, but try to seamlessly turn it into something to where there'll be like big minor black metal chords and things like that in there also. So it's, it's black thrash, but don't immediately think like toxic Holocaust or midnight. That's kind of our own unique blend of it. So Which I,
2: I think yeah. that's how, you know, everybody talks about getting quote noticed. And I think that's how it happens where, you know, you have elements from this and that, and this over here and you amalgamate them and just bam, there it is.
0: Yeah. For sure. And yeah, just to try to do something different at the same time. Yeah, absolutely.
2: For sure. Being a front runner of a genre, like the Midnights.
3: Yeah, exactly, man.
2: For sure, dude. That's super fucking awesome. So when you guys get together to write, how does that work for you guys? I mean, I assume you're all from Indi- the Indiana area here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're all from Indiana. So typically, I will come up with most of the song structure and the riffs and just... I pretty much piece everything together on my own. I'll have a song complete. I'll program drums to it, and then I'll send it out to the guys and be like, hey, here's like 80% of what I think this song should be like. You know, what do you think? And sometimes... I'll send maybe two or three versions of that song out and be like, well, here's the first version. If we wanted to do something with more of like, uh, if we wanted to keep the ending thrashier, here's one with a thrash ending. If we wanted to go the more atmospheric black route, here's a version with that. The guys will listen to it and kind of like, oh, maybe I like this one a little bit more. Sometimes, uh, the guy we've got playing guitar now who just joined the band recently also, Keegan, he'll kind of like take my stuff and then rewrite parts of it. And be like, well, what do you think about this version? So it's, it's pretty collaborative like that. That's only been kind of a recent development, really, to be honest. Up until this point, I've really mostly written everything. And then, you know, the, the guys put their own frills on it with all that, you know, like Chris will go through and do his own like little bass fills and bass parts, which are always kick ass. And it's stuff I never would have thought of. And, you know, just Keegan will like play it. Guitar part slightly different than me, so we're we're kind of like we're playing the same riff, but we're playing it differently, I guess. And then Jacob puts you know all this awesome flair and drum fills on it stuff. So that's pretty much the I think that's the songwriting process definitely for us. That's,
2: yeah. that's actually super cool because I've never actually heard of anyone doing it. Like I, I always hear about, you know, you, you get in the room and you jam it out or one <laughs> no person way. writes everything, but I've never, I can't do that. I, really?
0: I've never been that guy. I, I don't, I don't, I, I always come to, I have to come to like a practice space or something with a song or a session. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like a, a pickiness of my own or like a critique of myself or something, but it's just like, I just, I can't just sit there and mold something on the spot. I have to come in with something where I'm like, okay, this is good. Maybe I've refined it already a little bit. I like this, but here's, let's go with this.
2: Definitely. Well, what I was going to say was like, like, multiple part thing where you're talking about like multiple endings. Oh, yeah. That sounds yeah, super fucking cool. That's like the, the end of Wayne's world. Well, let's try the scoop. <laughs> <ending>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> that's I just what it was. Ro- I
0: it, just made that noise.
2: I know you did. And it's, and that's super cool to me because it's just like I've never, I've always been the one in, in my writing where we either come with an idea or in certain renditions of my band we've been able to just sit there and jam shit out or uh-huh. one person will play a riff and I'm like, hey, that's pretty fucking cool. Let's let's expand on that. But I've never been able to do something like that. And that's that's a good idea. I think I'm gonna take that idea from you. <laughs> I was like, All right, guys. Copywritten. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I'm kidding. You owe me royalties. Hey, hey. Anything, <laughs> that, anything that would help, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Keegan, the other guitar player, and mm-hmm. I do want to give him a shout out here because looking on the metal archives, it shows a, another band he is in called Card Door Dick Smash. Yes, he is. <laughs> I have never heard of them, but I am already a fan.
0: <laughs> you have to listen to them. It is awesome
2: it, it seems so fucking cool it says
0: Re- yeah read, read yeah do you have it pulled up there yes yeah read some of these read some of that yeah
2: it's, it's, it's <laughs> dong mangler <laughs> scum shark fully torqued christmas yeah. warriors that sounds like fun for the whole fucking family
0: it is that's that was their whole point was they wanted to they wanted to release a Cardboard dick smash album that like even little timmy could listen to like they wanted the whole like grandma can enjoy this one the little kids can enjoy this one so everybody got Cardboard dick smash for christmas that year good
2: lord <laughs> i don't know there's there's 20 songs on their latest <laughs> yeah latest there are album. holy shit yeah, garbage is that it yes most, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yep yeah man so yeah shout out to him and we're gonna feature some of them here soon i'm sure
3: right <laughs> on. because
2: of the name you would so, yeah they are they're a riot definitely complete blinding darkness came out yep. and just as covid fucking started yes how did that affect you guys
0: um it was kind of weird like we just released it and we had some shows lined up we didn't have a lot going on. So really we didn't have any like major out of town shows booked or anything. So it didn't do too much to it. I kind of, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really hit us that much in a negative way, I guess.
2: Definitely. Well, I mean, it looks like you just released it on a digital format, so with Bandcamp, yeah. I'm sure that has helped a little bit, because at least you were able to have something to release.
0: Yeah, tremendously. Uh, the Bandcamp thing did help a lot. Um, when we changed, when we released Complete Blinding Darkness, we had just changed our band name from Death Ensemble to Grave Ripper. I didn't really care for the name Death Ensemble anymore, but... Um, I, you know, when I came up with it, I took, I just did the old like, oh, you know, go 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 through some lyrics and just maybe find something I like a lot. And I'm like, you know, War Ensembles one of my favorite Slayer songs. So I listened to that. I was like, oh, Death Ensembles, right? Like, you know, right at the beginning there, you know, Propaganda, Death ensemble. You know, i was like, you know yeah. what? I'll go, I'll go with that. And then the more I just heard it, and I was just like, man, it that sucks in my ears. <laughs> so uh, we came up with the new the new name, and uh, the whole point of like getting Complete Blinding Darkness out there was really just to kind of show the rebranding of the new name. I was like, well, let's just throw some songs out there we've been working on just to show we're Grave Ripper now. For sure. So, yeah
2: with that it's the stark black and white album cover mm-hmm. as many uh, forebears have done in the day of oh, yeah. the first demos and everything like that who actually did the artwork because the like the skull and the raven and the graveyard and and all the other stuff on there who did that
0: yeah man his name's Nate Vaught. he's a local artist here in in Indianapolis he has a, a little art studio he goes by uh, Brain Ball Illustration. Yeah, he did it. Like, yeah, man. It,
2: like I said, I think a great cover means the world to an album. It's. Where I've always been an advocate for the show is the, is part of the, of the band where you, you've got 50% music, 50% live show. Uh huh. The album covers fall into that as well. And you've got to have great visuals to match what you're doing. Yep. Which you've done again with Radiated Remains.
0: Thanks, man. I fucking love that album cover
2: it's very different, but not so much different. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got the single image and the logos and just this, it's almost reminds me of like municipal waste in a way. Sure. Yeah. You know, with, I can see that the pencil drawing and everything of just like the guy in the suit. Yep. Was, was that the same artist? No. Uh,
0: uh, information I have on him is I, it was just like in a, a Facebook thrash metal artwork page I'm part of. And, uh, he he made a few posts in there. It's it's a dude out of like uh, I wanna say like Thailand. Oh wow. Yeah. And I hit him up, I was like, This is bitching. I'm like, how much for this? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, here you go, man, just buy it. And I'm like, All right, you know, take it down. I don't want anybody else to see this because you know, like, this is gonna be our artwork. And, uh, yeah, he just drew, he drawn the dude, so I was just like, I'm going to slap this on yellow and put the, the gray river above it stuff, so, yeah.
2: Dude, that is a color, though, that, like, nobody does, like, stuff like that, is yellow.
0: Dude, it's, it's the color of thrash metal. Like, it yellow is. is thrash. It's, like, you know, it's nuclear. Like, it's, it's that, like, yeah, yellow is thrash, man.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's awesome. I mean, more often than not, you see blacks and reds, but, like, oh, yeah. this stark... Pfft, Bright in your face, mm. yellow is fucking rad. But yes, yeah. you, you talked about it, you're like how much for the for the art, and you you're like, all right, take it down. I don't want anybody else to see it because yes, I, I've often wondered how many artists out there like Frank Frazetta's and Boris Vallejo's, mm-hmm. and how many of these people have actually had like these huge artists do work for them, mm-hmm. and then it get used for something else down the line, yep. like a movie cover. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure, man. Absolutely. All right, Corey, hang out for a second. got to play some words from the sponsors, and we're coming right back.
0: Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at Maxwell'sHouseOfMusic.com.
2: We carry all the top brands, like Fender.
1: We got Gibson.
2: We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got
1: drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards!
2: Hi, this is Frank Green from the It's Gonna Get Weird podcast. A podcast I host with Scott Clark. You're going to get everything you need on the podcast. Lots of laughs, lots of music, some sports, and maybe some inappropriate shit. Usually, that's Scott's one. Check it out. It's going to get weird. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere you get your podcasts online. It's going to get weird. So, what inspires your music?
0: Uh, What inspires our music, guys? It's probably just other bands and uh, playing live and just. Wanting to just play, you know, just playing, just playing the riffs that I want to play. Or like sometimes I'll listen to a song. Uh, it can be from like any band. Of course it's like metal or whatever. And sometimes I'll just like pick the guitar up. And you can listen to a song and a song will give you a certain feeling. So sometimes I try to take my favorite riffs and my favorite songs that I try to sit down with that attitude or feeling fresh in my mind. And I kind of like try to write something on that same wavelength. Like I'm not, I'm not, of course, not, I'm not trying to figure out how the riff goes and learn the riff. I'm trying to replicate that energy of what makes me feel good when I listen to my favorite records. I want to make songs that give me that feeling of when I listen to my favorite records. You know, I think it's like what Rick Rubin said when he like uh um when he listens to like albums when he's like producing he's like if he, like he loves um I guess he loves like ACDC's Back in Black. That was like the album that just like killed him when he was a kid, and was like, "This is it. This is my favorite record ever." So when he goes into produce, if the, if the songs don't give him that Back in Black feeling, he's like, nah, this is no
2: good." That's absolutely right. I've read interviews with Rick Rubin where and and bands he has produced, and mm-hmm. because he's really produced some heavy hitters, and oh yeah, man, heavy and and heavy hitters and a degree of different musical styles. Not so just talking like dude. Slayer and the metal bands that he has produced. But it was like hip hop
0: originally. You yeah, know, like sort of the hip- Death Jam was a rap label.
2: Yes. And then not only doing that, but doing people like Johnny Cash and yep. who had a complete resurgence in his life in the nineties with the American recordings. Yep. And the uh, the Tom Petty Wildflowers album. It's oh, like, was that
0: Rick Rubin too? I didn't that, know that. Yes,
2: that was Rick Rubin as well, and it's just so huh. mind blowing. Like, it's fucking awesome, man. I don't get it. And yeah, totally. And I also think too that it's where the albums were recorded, which was you know Sound City and Van Nuys or whatever it was. Uh, the musicians that he was working with would just be like. He would come in sporadically. They would be there in the studio working with the engineers and stuff, but he wouldn't show up every day. And and then when he would show up, he would be like, well, I mean, it's okay. It's not, it's, I'm just going to throw the name out here. You know, it's not the level of Metallica I think it should be, because that was actually a quote that James had said about him. Oh, is that really? Is that right? And, and yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I know he's got that. I know he's got that vibe to him. I can't think of the word right now. He's got that. uh, He's known, he's known for not being there all the time right and just coming in and like listening to what you have maybe taking you know like a half hour listening to what you have like all right this sucks this sucks this is okay this is good this is okay throw those sucks away keep the good that's it
2: oh oh, absolutely and you you know know. and and like i said he's multi-genre different things as well you know he was actually a producer of wrestling for a while too
0: (laughs) oh i did not know that either
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh Smoky Mountain Wrestling in the mid 90s, he he was the bankroll for. So it's super oh, fucking sure. funny. <laughs>
0: That is ridiculous. I'm learning all kinds of Rick Rubin facts. This is amazing. I think one of the best parts also about that that whole Rubin not being there and that whole vibe is like – it it forces the artist to create the art themselves instead of having a producer sit there and saying, okay, well, this is a cool riff. Next, why don't you go into a slower part? And then the artist will be like, okay, so now I'm going to write a slower part because then you're not writing – the artist who – Got got signed to the label or got the attention is no longer creating the music. Oh, absolutely! It's the producer who's making it. So by the, by the producer not being there and nobody being there to hold the band's hand, the band is forced to write the music themselves. For you sure, know what I'm saying. Oh, so yes, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome to me. Well, and it's like it, if you can't write music on your own, what the fuck are you?
2: I understand that not everything can be a hit, and I understand too that the law of diminishing returns or something like that with music that. More often than not, you're not going to write a hit, but yeah. you can write something that is popular, and I think that's the reason why we resort to having to use producers, right? which a lot of them are musicians, but there's some of them that, that aren't really musicians, that they just have a an ear for something. Let's talk about some performing here for a minute. With you not getting to get any of the shows in from last year because of COVID and everything, I'm not too familiar with your previous performance career, but if you could have played any concert from history, what would it be? I go
0: back to like when Beethoven's playing live and just like start playing like fucking riffs and just really gross everybody out. Just make sure everybody's having everybody would have such a bad time. I would just walk in there. Beethoven's like doing his thing. And I just like bring my amp and my half stack and just ruin it for everybody. Just kidding. Um. It
2: would be awesome. <laughs> um, though. Nobody's ever said that.
0: If I could play any show, um, I would play the Enchantment. Under the Sea dance from Back to the Future and I would totally destroy Marty McFly when it comes to an Eddie Van Halen solo impression. Just kidding, I wouldn't play that show either. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know, man. Dude, you've railed off two fucking awesome ideas here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I try not not, not to take it too seriously. Um, Let's see. I don't know, man. Any concert of all time? I don't know, man. Uh, We've got got some shows booked um, up ourselves that I can't really talk about yet that um, I'm really excited for. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, man, I, uh... Right, so I'm excited. To, I'm excited to play those. You know, I like doing my own thing and uh, kind of focusing on the future shows instead of like looking at the past and seeing what I could do. But yeah, man, shit. And, no, it's and, all good. I would. I would love to have a time machine and just go back and go to old shows and just see them. You that know what I'm saying? Cool. That would. That's cool. what I would love. Like, I can't tell you how many times I have just like sat and drank beer and watched YouTube videos of like these horrible VHS copies of like Slayer and like '83 and '84. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, you know just stuff like that or I've got I think I've still got like I've got a merciful fate DVD that came with like their 30th anniversary or 35th anniversary or something to be released from Roadrunner Records and I've watched that a billion times too so
2: yeah. absolutely I have a black metal from Venom like nice. a deluxe pack it's the tour where they took Metallica with them oh yeah and yep I,
0: I've seen those posters like a billion times yeah. that's, a, that's a cool looking poster yep
2: where it was like Metallica's first European tour and it was like yeah. red Raven, Venom, and Metallica, or some shit like that. Yeah, and and they they released a DVD of one of the shows with with a black metal like expanded edition. It's like, it's nasty as shit looking, but it's so fucking, like, so energetic. That sounds amazing. You know, Mantis is, like, fucking all over the place. Uh, Yeah. Kronos is all over the fucking place.
0: I fucking love Kronos, dude. The dude's wild.
2: He is. And I really don't know if there's anybody else who's been so wild and metal other than him. So, cool. But anyways, we're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into some general questions with Corey Parks from Grave Ripper.
1: or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: All right, Corey, this is part of the show where I like to shift gears and go into some general profile questions about you as a person, because deep down I like to know what make people tick. These can be about anything in life, from music, movies, sports, anything. And uh, if you're ready, here we go. (laughs) Right on, man. What was the worst advice you've ever received?
0: The worst advice I've ever received? Huh... The worst advice I've ever received. Are we talking about like generally or like music? I don't know, man. That's an interesting question. You're really picking my brain there. Worst advice I ever received. Um. You have to go to college um I didn't like to, I have to go but like, I don't know. I, I do remember regretting buying a fucking light system for an old band I was in. Like somebody was like, You you if you want your band to be good at the scene and shit, and I'm super young. I'm n- really naive. I'm like maybe twenty, maybe twenty one years old, you know, and I'm just really out looking to party and I was in an old band and I really wanted that band to do something and somebody was like, If you want your band to set to be different live than all the other bands, you need to have a, a fucking killer light. Set, no. a light show so like i was in lafayette at the time and i drive down to indianapolis and i just take out a credit card and i max that credit card out buying a light system at sam ash and then like just the nature of us being a, a party band and just being young and reckless that fucking thing got so destroyed and it took me like forever to pay that credit card off because i was just like not in the place to be making financial decisions like that Definitely. so yeah that, that was for some reason that comes to mind ah. so and, and uh for the record Grave river does not have a light system
2: (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah yeah you do have to set yourself aside from everybody else but you got to do it your way small steps (laughs) yeah yep
0: totally dude
2: for sure what do you invest too much time into
0: oh man just like probably lounging and daydreaming and just like sitting around
2: Right on. Hey, <laughs> hey, I am all for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I enjoy doing it, though. But, you know, so I mean, if it's if it, if you're enjoying your if you're enjoying the time, if you're enjoying what you're doing, then is it wasted time. But yeah, it, right. I s- definitely I, spend a lot of time just like I
2: think that's yeah. similar to the saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, just fucking doom scrolling sometimes. Just getting locked into Reddit and just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, yeah, the rabbit hole. Dumb shit. Oh, so far down the rabbit
2: hole. (laughs) Metalheads usually collect a lot of shit. Yep, I've got a friend who's been on the show. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh Uh-huh. He he collects a lot of stuff, and he posts on Instagram all the time. So, what do you collect?
0: Uh, I kind of collect... I've got a decent collection of like video game stuff and particularly like Hideo Kojima stuff, the guy who did like Metal Gear Solid and all that shit, and like the heyday, the heyday of Konami, like the old like, um, Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania days, like the mid 90s. So, like, I've got, like, a have got a bookshelf in my room with, like, all my collector's edition consoles and Metal Gear stuff and Metal Gear action figures and stuff. So, other than that, I don't collect too much stuff anymore. I used to have a a pretty stacked CD collection, but I have no clue where any of that shit just ended up. Um, So, yeah, probably just video game stuff, things like that.
2: Hell, yeah. Now, isn't there something about certain games are not considered canon?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, with Metal Gear Solid, I I can get into this. Like, you wouldn't believe. Like, with Metal Gear Solid, there are a bunch of, like, offshoots and, like, other ones. That weren't like yeah the specific canon games. There's so many of those, so many
2: Definitely. People. See, I was I thought that's how that was. Yeah,
0: like all the all the numeric all the numeric games are canon and Peace Walker. Right on. So, right like on. <laughs> so, yeah. and the and the and the two MSX games. So. Here's
2: gonna here's gonna be the the letdown moment of the show for for the people who are Metal Gear fans. Uh oh, drum roll. I've only ever played the NES version.
0: Oh man, it's all good. Yeah. That one's hard. It is. <laughs> you know that you know that is not an actual uh hideo kojima is not associated with that game at all is he not so he made a, originally the original metal gear game was released for the msx home computer in japan right. and then in america they wanted their version of it also because it was a huge hit in japan so they did it in america but instead of instead of just translating it over they rebuilt the game from the ground up using the same story beats and the same like general concept but it's not the same game really at all ah. so so yeah so there are two different games he's not associated with the first one and then they came out with a second one in the United States called Snake's Revenge, uh, which is a it just, it's 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 not canon. It's it's pretty funny. I've never actually beat it, but I've watched like long plays of it. Um, so what ended up happening was there was a dude in Japan who saw that they came out with a shitty version of Metal Gear and then the shitty sequel, and he went to Hideo Kojima and he's like, dude, you have to make a real sequel to Metal Gear and the MSX. You have to make a real one, like the, Ameri- the American version of shit, make a real sequel. So he did, and that's kind of what got the ball rolling on it everything else that's so right had, had it not been for those american screw-ups you would probably wouldn't have the huge market metal that gear. is yep. out there today it's, for sure yep, that, that's right yeah so
2: hell yeah, um, yeah what is something you've always wanted to do but you're not coordinated enough to do
0: that i'm not coordinated enough to do i don't think i can do a cartwheel my mom can do her cartwheels but I, I don't think i can nice I, I, <laughs> I like uh cartwheels um i can do somersaults i think um um I've yeah so oh, coordination I- kind of sucks dude that's why i play music and i don't play <laughs> right. sports that's why i'm not on uh, the basketball podcast right now
2: definitely what's your getaway from music
0: uh, dude, I don't know, man. I really like music. Um, music kind of is the getaway. I get that. Um, but I mean, sometimes like, I, I mean, even I guess it uh, just probably video games and hanging out with people, you know, and just watching movies or whatever. So, with, um,
2: with doing all those, you're not actually like listening for the soundtrack to see what's going on.
0: Not always. But, Usually, if, if something like if I something will jump out at me and I'll notice it if I like it
2: and then I'll start paying
0: attention to it. Definitely. What band
2: do you like that none of your friends like
0: um i don't know if people don't necessarily like them but i fucking love guns and roses and i know that's like i don't know if it's like i know a lot of people say they're overrated or whatever but man i don't know i'm just i'm the biggest fucking Guns N' roses fan
2: it's not a lafayette thing is it uh
0: no it is not good point but no it's not <laughs> good. Yeah,
2: good. That, um only-
0: <laughs> but I, mean, I, I i i have definitely annoyed the shit out of some of my friends just playing fucking user illusions. So.
2: I think those are two underrated albums.
0: So underrated, man. But very bloated, very bloated, but very underrated.
2: Yes, exactly my point. I've always made this comparison. In 1991, they came out with those two albums, and Metallica yep. came out with the Black Album. Yep. In 19- crazy time. In 1996 and seven, Metallica released their versions of User Illusions <laughs> one and two. <laughs> oh man they are very bloated albums Ugh. and they could both be concised into one album
0: they totally could you're absolutely <laughs> right yeah i've never thought about it never thought about it like that Yep.
2: Yep. uh who do you wish you never saw live who do i wish i never saw live yeah just seeing them live ruined it for you
0: i don't know man that's a good question too let me think to you i don't know i've had pretty good experiences with all my concerts I've seen some good bands. I've seen a lot of bands I've always wanted to see. I'll, I'll kind of answer it like this. I wish I would have saw Metallica. I mean, I, you know, I play thrash, so. Yeah, I'm gonna go see Metallica, but I didn't get to see them. The first time I saw them was on this most recent tour. Really? The the um hardwired tour. Nice. Right? The, uh, so, was it there
2: at uh Was it at Lucas Oil?
0: Yeah, uh, it was at Bankers Life. Bankers
2: Life. Bankers Life. So yeah. I
0: saw so I saw it at Bankers Life, and I saw it at at Chicago. I saw the Chicago show also when they did the Soldier Field. Yeah. The- um. <sighs> both those um man the soldier field was kind of we had shitty seats but anyway that's beside the point uh, <laughs> uh but um i wish i would have seen metallica earlier like really? i wish i would have seen them as soon as i could have because For sure that you know I, I i grew up in high school watching like cunning stunts and stuff and that's like what the load reload era yeah i think that's like right before reload was going to come out because they play fuel as a new song on yeah, that Yeah. and absolutely. so i mean they, they still had that ferociousness hetfield's like still up there cussing and shit and like Seeing them now is—it's kind of like it's just like they're—they're uh, they're older and stuff, and it's like there's not a lot of like I don't know the, the interaction is still there, but it just wasn't like it wasn't that cunning stunt show I had in my head. So I was totally fucking psyched and awesome and happy to see Metallica, and they put on a great fucking show. But it was just like ah oh,
2: man, you know? Oh absolutely, I love that show for a couple of reasons. The this I was about to say it. Because I've always thought of this, and I'll I'll explain what I was about to say in a minute. Uh, the cunning stunts show because they start the show. With the lights up. Yeah. And then halfway through the song, bam, the lights go down. lights go down. I love that. It's super cool. And of course, they've reiterated the, like, the stage breaking down ever since Justice. It's broken down at different points in the career. Like, it did it on Justice, it did it on the Cunning Stunts tour, and it did it here, like, when they were doing some other shows, when they were promoting the Through the Never movie. Yeah. Okay. And, it's always been a super rad idea that they, it's like very little stage light at the end of the show and it's, uh-huh. and it's just like them jamming the fuck out on really old shit, yeah. which is super fucking cool.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: But at least you got to see the, that was the first uh, experience you had with them, which is, I went to two of those shows as On well. this,
0: on this most recent tour?
2: Yes. I went to, okay. uh, Bush stadium in St. Louis Okay. And then I went to the Louisville show. And it had been 14 years since they played in Louisville. Damn. And that was the show, the first show that I saw him on, which was uh, St. Anger.
0: Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. That, honestly, that would have probably been the earliest could song, too. Yeah.
2: The Summer Sanitarium worse. show. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, yeah, this was, uh yeah, this was after the Summer Sanitarium stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. this was uh 2004. I've always thought uh, to explain the the moment ago thing. I've always thought they created that title for cunning stunts to where you exactly. Yeah, dude. I've always and I, thought I that almost too. slipped yep. up and said it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've
0: always thought that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but that has to be it then.
2: Oh, I think so because it's just like it's one of the. It's, what are those words where you just. Where most people get them and and have like a dyslexic moment. Yeah. It's I think it's like that. Yep. totally agree.
0: For I'm sure. with you on that one.
2: If you followed your dreams as a child, what would you be doing right now? Yes. <laughs> Being <laughs> I on the be metal a, fo- No.
0: <laughs> I, I, I was yeah. I always wanted to play. I always wanted to be on this podcast, dude. Yes. Um. So I'm here. No, nah, man. I've always wanted to play music. Like there are pictures of me when I'm a little kid. Like yeah, I'm from Indiana, so like I grew up like everybody like my uh dad and stuff listened to like country western and shit yep um and my mom did too and a lot of people in my family like country western so like when i was a kid like i like there are pictures of me dressed up like fucking garth brooks it is embarrassing it is to admit that shit like that's who i wanted to be he was just an awesome performer there he was like on stage and for so many people with a guitar and i was just as a kid that mesmerized me i was like that's what i want to do so like every christmas and every birthday i would get like the little guitar and microphone sets and that's all i wanted to do i just wanted to do that yeah man this is, awesome. is kind of this is kind of it so
2: you should use one of those for your album picture a
0: Garth Brooks little kid picture that'd be that'd be a riot
2: that would be hilarious yeah
0: man for sure oh, i'm going to i'm going to take that radiant the new one we just did with all the yellow and i'm just going to put Garth Brooks on it instead and see if oh, anybody knows like, zo-
2: like a zombie Garth Oh Brooks. my god
0: zombie Garth Brooks <laughs> that's amazing
2: jesus all right take a minute relax get yourself a nice cold beverage we're going to come back we're going to talk some more with Corey Parks from Grave Ripper from Indianapolis, Indiana. Girl. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of The Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to The Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro-wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro-wrestling! Hey, are y'all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now, I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out at UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. What food can you not stand?
0: Fucking vinegar. I hate vinegar. Anything vinegar, like, flavored or smells like vinegar don't okay. want
2: it so no salt and vinegar chips for you fuck no and and you wouldn't be drinking this stuff anyways i don't think
0: so anything like apple cider vinegar vinaigrettes. i can do hot sauces because usually the hot sauces like are vinegar based but i love fucking love hot sauce you got me going on this man you got me ticking on this one dude i was like i've come home and my my wife has been like reducing balsamic vinegar and she knows i hate that shit and i, I just can't stand it i'm like oh i had to go outside and like plug my nose no and I'm like yelling at her, like I'm gonna divorce you if you fucking <laughs> if you cook vinegar in this house again. Dude, I'm not that's crazy. Uh, vinegar, but I do so not like
2: so you never made like the the volcano?
0: Uh, no, I never did with the, I mean, with I, the
2: vinegar and baking soda.
0: No, I never did that. And I I would do Easter egg like do the Easter egg things because that's in vinegar, right? When you're a little kid, and you like color Easter eggs.
2: I think so. Yeah.
0: I think that's vinegar, and I do. I definitely remember being turned off by that. Looking back as a kid, I'm like, "Why does it smell so bad?" Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's just the smell and the taste. I just don't do it.
2: Understandable. I like,
0: I like, I like citrus sour. I like lemons and limes. Love that kind of sour, but I do not like it.
2: So. Definitely. Rapid fire on this one. Go for it. Sabbath or Zeppelin. Oh man, Sabbath. Yeah, absolutely. Another rapid fire. Denim or leather. Leather. Yeah. What was your favorite TV show growing up?
0: My favorite TV show growing up? Uh, man, I had a lot. Jeez. My favorite pff, a fucking Pokemon anime. I watched a lot of that. Uh, I got into Twilight Zone when I got a little older. Jackass. That kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: what is your biggest pet peeve?
0: My biggest pet peeve? Uh I don't know. What are what are common pet pet peeves? I know I, I know I can get, I can get annoyed by some stuff, but I try not to. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't think of anything. Right I, 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 hey. Oh, it's horrible.
2: No, it's not. I mean, hey.
0: I'm pretty chill with most stuff.
2: Definitely. I like
0: to think. Uh I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Pass no, on that one.
2: Definitely. This one's a big one. Oh shit. And the, unlike pass. the No, you can't pass on this one. <laughs> this one's a big one. And unlike the who Do You Wish You Never Saw Alive about it not throwing shade? You could throw shade from this one, I'm sure. What is your most unpopular music opinion?
0: My most unpopular music opinion? I'm, like, racking my brain here, so I'm going through, like, decades and thinking of all the bands and stuff. Um...
2: This, this question goes out to the people out there who are, like, the, the diehard, it should have been Lars people.
0: Oh, fuck that. Um... <laughs> right? <laughs> why would you wish anybody would die? Anyway... Um, uh the most my my most controversial maybe music opinion that would be like, well, I used to think Saint like on the metallica thing, I used to think San it wasn't that bad, but then I listened to it again lately. I'm like, Okay, I can see why people really like this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Cause we I, always, yeah, I fucking used to love Metallica and then I was like, Saint Anger's good. And I like, didn't listen to it for like 10
2: years. I don't listen to it again. I'm like, damn, this kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna have um, to get a sign. It has been zero days or <laughs> zero episodes since we've mentioned Saint Anger.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I know. I know. Um, I know I, there are a lot of people in the group who really fucking worship Dio Era Sabbath. I don't think it's that great. I know people like love Dehumanizer, and it's a good album, but it's not like
2: oh my god, amazing. You um, know what? I'm gonna agree with you on this. Yeah, and I, I thought, on two conditions, I'll agree with you on this. First, okay. I think Mob Rules is a better album than Heaven and Hell and Dehumanizer. Okay. Okay. Second is, I understand Dio, I res- and I've said this before, so anybody who doesn't think that I've said this before, look in the archives, it's in there, is, had Dio not played ridiculous personal politics, I think I would have respected him more. Recommended read for any any Metal Forge listener out there is, read Iron Man, the the Tony Iommi autobiography, super fucking rad read.
0: I'll pick that up. Yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. Go I- ahead um controversial thing i was sitting here racking my brain on it still uh i don't think anthrax should have been part of the big four shows wow I, I don't know if that's that controversial but i don't think anthrax should have been part of it who would be though just none of them just metallica megadeth slayer just do the big three <laughs> the big three that's all yeah. it is i mean let's not let's not beat around the bush you y'all you know what i'm saying here's what they should have done they should have fucking toured it right they should have done a stage b and stage a thing like oz fest does or did whatever i don't know so stage A, you have the big commercial sellers, your Megadeth, Slayer, and Metallica, right? But then on stage B, do all the fucking thrash bands that are really neat, that should be getting the attention for playing thrash, that are playing like the real thrash. Cause like when you listen to Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer, it's so funny that those bands are considered thrash because those three bands, they are thrash, but they're so fucking different from each other. Um, right. so they're almost not even like, so it's almost like, what even is this culmination of this thrash sound we're looking for? Well, that's where your stage B is. That's where your main stage should be. And that's where you should have overkill testament exodus anthrax fucking throw forbidden on there that's for your thrash metal yeah death angel all that shit man all that like that second wave of bay area thrash that happened put that there that's what that's what it should have been
2: right on i could i could kind of buy that i mean when it comes down to it anthrax they were doing smaller places you know 1500 to 2000 seat places They weren't doing arenas. But then again, you know, the last time I saw Slayer, I mean, they maybe only... They had about 10,000 seats in a venue, Mm -hmm. but they only did like five. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was in here in Louisville in the Yum Center. So it's kind of a, a... it's kind of a mixed bag. I think it yeah, also depends. Yeah, you know, what? maybe they're not that
0: close. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. To yeah.
2: Oh, no, no, you're fine. So, no, I mean, I get it, but it's kind of like, I think it's more along the lines of you got to market it to where you think it would sell. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, you know, unfortunately for the Slayers and Megadeths even and Anthrax, you know. Metallica could play Yankee Stadium and still sell it out.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's indifferent, independent to the other acts. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're the biggest fucking metal band in the world. Um, I don't know if this is controversial. I think that the older the older, Br- the older Brism albums are more important than like some of the of any of the older black metal albums. Like the first wave of Norwegian stuff. The old Brism albums just fucking kill me. They're so good.
2: I think that's pretty I, I think that's first wave is where it's at. I think that's yeah. where I think that's a, a pretty common thing. Got a couple more for you. Yes. What album is an absolute playthrough if you can uh, pick that, one.
0: Oh man venom's black metal um yeah venom's black metal midnight satanic uh Venom's go with satanic royalty and black metal right on put them both in there
2: yeah i mean they culminate they they build and build and build and stuff. yeah ah, absolutely yeah. yeah i get you
0: they're just straight straight bangers no fucking around let's get to the point go you know i, I like it so
2: <laughs> well i somebody said uh all thrash and no trash <laughs> yeah that's right yeah <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah, man. All right. As always, links will be listed below so you can get all of your Grave Ripper news and information. Check out their Bandcamp page. Check out their Instagram and Facebook pages. Give these guys a like, a share, and a follow. Go buy the new album. Sorry, the new EP. Let's fix that. (laughs) <laughs> get you uh they've got some really limited numbers of cassettes and and cds and hopefully by the time this broadcast you might be able to get one there you go so if you click that link do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody Corey? before we go today
0: uh sh- shout outs uh, <laughs> yes um everybody in the band uh for helping me get this done um carl for mixing it Joel for mastering it. You know, dudes like you, Mark, for having us on the, the podcast and, you know, giving us a platform to show this stuff off. Um, All the siblings and family members and uh, spouses who have uh, dealt with us playing metal this whole time. So yeah, it's pretty much it, man.
2: Hell yeah. And, and thanks to everybody, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. For, yeah. Everybody out there, man. Everybody listening. Thanks to you, the listener at home.
2: Yeah, definitely. So final question of the night. Let's do this. What album changed your life?
0: what album changed my life ride the lightning definitely definitely man i like i remember being uh i was a little kid still in the country thing and my uncle was a metalhead right um and he would let me raid his CDs and I remember like just, he had a, he had a, all the album covers and everything there was a lot of like hair metal and stuff in there which I thought was cool too but it, like nothing had sonically impressed me yet and I remember getting to Injustice for All and putting that in my little head my headset and starting to listen to it and I think the intro like it's blackened it's got that quiet part for a little while where it's like the backwards guitars yeah. I, was an impatient, I was an impatient kid I was like this is taking too long so then I go to track 2 and it's Injustice for All and it's got the acoustic 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 intro and I'm like oh this is like boring acoustic crap I don't want to listen to this album so I took it out (laughs) and I was like I don't want to hear any more of this and I was like well here's another metallic one it's got this you know it's blue it's got the electric chair and this lightning this looks crazy so I put it in, the first thing's fire, fire with Fire, and it's got that acoustic intro again, and I remember being a kid, and be like, oh, more of this shit, like, no, really, I don't want this in here, and so I go to track two, and that's Ride the Lightning, and it's, uh, you know, it's got the guitar harmonies there at the beginning, and I the just remember screaming being so, ones. yeah, the and I just remember being like, so overwhelmed, like, what is in my ears right now, and I was like, I think I was seven or eight years old, and I left my uncle's house, and I was like, mom, we have to fucking go to Target, I have to buy this album called Ride the Lightning. I have to have this.
2: Dude, that's so, fucking badass. And yeah. we've talked about them quite a bit on the show today. I'm going to go out and say this with, with that album and everything with Ride the Lightning. It has been such a cool... And weird thing to watch their career, and when you would see that them do like that song in the nineties, like the early nineties, they would kind of mm-hmm. be out of key from each other. James and Kirk mm-hmm. would be, but mm-hmm. but as they have gotten older, their playing together has gotten so much better to where it, they're almost flawless now with like just like the harmony parts. Oh yeah. And it's so fucking cool to to just watch even a band that's them, like Metallica. It's like, fuck, it's Metallica. To watch them grow and adapt and become tighter, as it were. Yeah, man.
0: You spend so much time with somebody, you know?
2: Yeah. I'm I'm sure they've spent more time with each other than they have their significant others. Oh,
0: I would not challenge that at all. (laughs) I completely agree.
2: Oh, my gosh. Dude, Corey. Thank you so much for coming on the show this week. It has been super fucking rad, and it's been awesome. I've had such a good time today, and we're going to debut this new song today here on the Metal Forge also, right? Yes, sir. So tell everybody out there what we're about to listen to.
0: So we're going to be playing Adam's Divide. It's the first single we released off of Radiated Remains. Uh, it's uh, pretty mean. It's, uh, it's a thrasher. It's a fucking banger.
2: All right. You heard him. Here it is from Radiated Remains from Grave Ripper. This is... Atoms Divine
3: Die and night, gambled in the sky When he goes alive, dropping from the blind You will die
2: Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the down and dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you will be given early access to the shows published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. you'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're also going to get all the other rewards from the other tiers. So... Visit patreon.com slash metalforge radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.